Hello, and a very warm welcome to this special edition of the Africa Legal Podcast, where we are once again speaking with our good friends at the Kigali International Financial Centre, the KIFC, to shed light on the ongoing research project that we are partnering on to deliver must-have insights to our pan-African audiences. Since the release of our first research report titled A Modern Africa, A Modern International Financial Centre, which we will provide a link to in the podcast description, we have progressed to a deeper dive into investment and capital deployment into key African markets for the next stage of our research. Our survey, which is currently in the field and open for completion, is allowing for investment, finance and legal practitioners across the globe to have their voices heard in identifying and exploring current realities and perceived future hurdles to maximize investment and its impact into African markets. Now, to help me tackle such an important topic, I am thrilled to be joined by the KIFC's Chief Investment Officer, Tudi Moyello. Now, before joining Rwanda Finance Limited, Tudi was the country managing director of Wintrust in Singapore from 2017 to 2019. Previously, he has served in a variety of positions, including a director of Amicorp, a corporate service provider, member of the executive committee of Banque Internationale à Luxembourg, the Singapore branch that is, where he was in charge of the commercial activities for the Asia-Pacific region and assistant vice president managing the European and Asian services to financial intermediaries. He has specialised in risk management, structuring investment entities for financial institutions and large corporates. He has also developed an expertise in designing wealth planning solutions for family offices and high net worth individuals. Tudi is currently a non-executive board member of MC Square, a regulated financial institution based in Luxembourg. He holds a master's degree with distinction in banking and finance from the Luxembourg School of Finance, which was completed with an executive week at Stern University in the United States. Furthermore, he holds a bachelor's degree in engineering from École Polytechnique de Montreal, the largest engineering institution in Canada. So a very warm welcome to the podcast indeed. And I'm going to dive right into it. As per your biography, you'll bring a lot of international experience and expertise to the KIFC's development. So I'm interested. When it comes to realizing and facilitating regional and continent-wide investment, which existing IFCs are you drawing most inspiration from in developing the KIFC? Thank you very much, Tom, again for this presentation, the extensive profile that you just gave of my professional life. And uh, yes, I feel fortunate to have been exposed to so many financial centers in Europe, in Asia, and even in Africa, actually. So if you allow, to respond to your question, I would like to be the one taking in charge the narrative. What I mean by that, of course, we can give you a few centers that have been a reference when developing Kigali International Financial Center. But for the audience, what should be more important is to understand what we want to achieve, what are our objectives, and from there, we could see who is closer to what we have developed in Rwanda. So being now the leader in this narrative, Kigali International Financial Center, 
it is all about developing the economic center, the economic growth, the positioning of Fronda as a business and financial hub. What it means basically is we want a center to help the local businesses to help entities established in Rwanda first to grow. So it means that all the reforms that we will be doing, all the tax incentives, all the initiatives that we are building are first and foremost for established entities in Rwanda. That's very key. The second element of the financial center that we have in the world international, we want to be open to foreign entities. We want to be open to foreign investors to use Rwanda for their investment in Africa, to use Rwanda for their investment in Rwanda. So that's very key. Once we have understood those two clear objectives, then we can start looking at centers that, has, that have similar objectives or centers that have similar profile. Here, again, there is a clear leadership, there is vision, and we want to first cater for the needs of the domestic market, then look at Africa, the continent, and anything international that will be looking at businesses and transactions into Africa. So looking at the type of financial centers, we can divide them into four. The first one, which is which are the one that people think usually when they heard when they hear international financial center will be offshore centers. Offshore centers are mainly looking at providing services to clients or investors that are not inside the country. It is clear from what I've just described that this is not Rwanda. The second type will be domestic financial centers. Those domestic financial centers are usually coming from large economies that just have the focus of developing their local market. Again, this is not Rwanda. The third one will be regional financial centers that will look at their home country and a few neighboring countries. Again, this is not Rwanda. The fourth one will be international financial centers that are looking at the same time at the domestic and the international aspect of transactions. And this is where Kigali International Financial Center is positioning itself. So who will it be? Who are those centers that have more or less the same narrative? We will look at maybe Europe. Europe, you have countries like Luxembourg that could be taken as a reference. You have in Asia, Asia, you have a country like Singapore 
that could be taken as well as a reference. So yes, we have looked at those two and we have looked as well at other centers that we believe have developed attractive and competitive packages for investment attraction in the home country and attraction for cross-border transactions. Having said that, and it has to be very clear for the audience, what KFC is offering is for Rwanda, it is for the region, it is for the continent, and it is for anyone who wants to deal with Africa. So that will be my answer to your first question, Tom. Thank you. Thanks, Tudi. And it does remind me of a conversation uh, in the, the last podcast we conduct with the KIFC with your, your colleague, Michelle Umurungi. This was very much focused on seeing the KIFC as a driver for regional and continent-wide change in development, rather than a purely selfish, for want of a better word, focus on domestic Rwandan uh, development. Very much eyes on the wider prize, as it were, rather than simply looking at solving and benefiting a domestic market. Now, to to push onwards, one of the key issues we are trying to get better insight into through our current research project together is the current lack of utilization of African organizations, entities, and financiers in relation to capital deployment and investment into African markets. So firstly, are we already seeing a reversal of this trend? And furthermore, what do you see as the key requirements in really starting to move the dial when it comes to more investment into African markets, actually using African banks, African lawyers, African accountants, and so on? Thank you for the question again, Tom. And if I understood it properly, you are making a reference to foreign capital being deployed in Africa directly from entities outside the continent to direct projects on the continent. We actually, I do believe that um, we can agree that there is a reversal of the trend in motion. A growing number of institutions on the continent are now part of the capital and investment deployment. And at the level of Kigali International Financial Center, we are actually experiencing a a growing demand from those institutions to be established and regulated in Rwanda. As an example, we are seeing an increase in the demand of either domestic or or regional fund managers from PEs or VCs outside the continent. Now to answer to the second part of your question, the requirements that I know will make this a popular and sustainable trend could be summarized in three points. The first one, and this is really the foundation of our center, is around compliance. We must align ourselves with global and international standards of compliance. The second one will be around transparency of our legal and regulatory framework. It is key for investors, for businesses that will be using our center to feel, to perceive, and to be in front of predictability and quality when they will be using the center. The third 
point will be access to talent. We need to have the relevant professionals with the technical know-how and the subject matters experts to answer the needs of those sophisticated investors and businesses. So those will be what I see as the three main points that are required at the level of the center to be the, to be the hub for the deployment of investment and capital into Africa. Thanks, Tudi. And I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into one of the points that you've made there around human capital and, 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 and finding of the right talent. Do you view the KIFC's role as very much focused on simply finding the existing right talent? Or do you see there being an opportunity for actually upskilling and developing and creating the talent that is aimed at filling this uh, African deficit as it stands? Thank you very much, Tom, again, for this very interesting question, which actually should be the key question for anyone looking at development in a country. You know, when you look at, um, at Rwanda, our first resource is actually the human capital. Human capital with a very young population aiming for growth should be the first priority of the center. So when we talk about skills development, when we talk about talents, we are of course first looking at local talents because we want to be in a position to serve people that are in Rwanda, people that are outside Rwanda, using local experts. So in our strategy, the first pillar is to define the type of curriculum, the type of courses, the type of training that we need to add to the existing one in Rwanda in order to upskill our local talent. That is very key to us. The second dimension to our strategy is, of course, to also attract foreign talent because we have seen from other financial centers that in order to be successful, you need to have a strong local base and you need also to have the support of those talents that have been exposed to other type of services or products in order to learn from them. So yes, we also want to attract foreign talents to work closely, to work closely with the local one. And when we talk about foreign talents, we are also looking at the diaspora. We, we know that we have a lot of people in Europe in America or in Asia that came from Rwanda, we want them to come back home and to benefit from the new opportunities that Kigali International Financial Center is offering and we want them to become also the next ambassadors of the value proposition of the center. So talent is very key to us. Attracting talent should start first by developing local talents and then having a clear strategy 
on how to attract the diaspora, how to attract foreign talents. And the foundation of all of this should remain around education. So we need as well to give the relevant resources and tools to existing education institution in Rwanda to provide what is needed for the center. And same-wise, we need to attract international training center, international schools, international universities, because what we want to give to the region, what we want to give to the continent, goes well beyond Rwanda. We want and we will become a hub for business and finance only if we can provide the relevant services with the right talents. Thank you very much, Tom, for this, uh, for this question. No, Tudi, thank you. It absolutely does answer my question. And I'm particularly interested in that final point you raised around attracting the educational institutions at the same time as you're attracting uh, new new members. I think in a way it's so important in future-proofing yourself as, a, as an institution and as, a, as an entity, you know, ensuring that not only you're fulfilling uh, the demands of today, but you've got a constant eye on the, uh, you know, the changing demands and requirements of the future. And it is ongoing and proactive education, which is going to allow for that. So no, you absolutely did answer it. And uh, and it's a very positive response indeed. Now, to move things forward, and this is a topic that we're going to explore further in the research, but as the man on the ground at the KIFC, what trends are you seeing as to the types of investment businesses looking to be or being most proactive in their engagement with the centre? And by this, I mean, are development finance institutions leading the charge here or are international banks starting the knock on the door again after their recent, somewhat recent African exoduses? Thank you again for the question, Tom. And... Um... If the point that you raise is about the profile of who we are currently engaging with, I will definitely split them into the following groups. First of all, we have promoters of investment funds. And those promoters may be social impact investors, DFIs, PEs and VCs as the first group. Then we have owners of pan-African businesses. Again, important to to know that this is not only a financial center, but this is a business and financial center. The third group will be financial intermediaries, the law firms, accounting and tax advisory companies, asset managers and financial advisors are part of those professionals that we are actually into um, that, that are actually engaging with us on a daily basis. The last group being fintech. As you may know, uh, fintech is really cross-cutting um, at the level of financial services, and it is also a key enabler for the development of different businesses. So those will be the four groups that we are engaging with. Again, promoters of investment funds, owners of Pan-African businesses, financial intermediaries, and fintech companies. 
So yes, we are delighted to have already received positive acknowledgement of DFIs active in Africa. Some of them have signed strategic partnership with Rwanda Finance Limited. It is clear that DFIs are important in building both the reputation of the center and for attracting larger investment and transactions through Kigali International Financial Center. In addition to the DFIs, we are also actively engaging with some world-renowned international banks, and we hope to shortly be in a position to share a few names of those international banks that are now looking at the center. Having said that, we have to acknowledge that today Rwanda is already the home of leading local domestic banks. It is also the home of leading regional banks and Pan-African banks. I think many, many positive uh, kind of components to draw out from that answer. I was particularly pleased when Pan-African business was named in your, uh, you know, as the number two when we were working our way through through the list there. I think it's something that's easily forgotten when you think about IFCs and their functionality. Our minds actually are instantly drawn to uh, financial intermediaries and, and general partners, private equity firms, and then instantly we jump to the, uh, to the, you know, the law firms and the accountants and so on, without actually realizing that there are vast benefits to actually domiciling your uh, pan, uh, your multi-jurisdictional businesses in these in these uh, locations, rather than just your funders or your lawyers or your accountants being there. So that was that was a very positive component uh, to my mind anyway. And Tudy, to, to push on, I want to focus on uh, something on a little bit of a personal level. I'm interested to know, what excited you the most about this great step forward for both Rwanda and the East African region, as well as the continent as a whole? I mean, what impact are you most looking forward to realizing and experiencing on the back of facilitating greater investment into these most vibrant and opportunity filled of regions? Thank you again, Tom, for this uh, quite personal question. And, and here... I think it, it is important for me to give uh, a small disclaimer. Um, as you have described my profile, uh, I've been working for a certain time um, in markets such as um, Asia and Europe before coming back to, to Africa. So it is clear that for me, this journey now into Rwanda is really coming because there is an excitement from the confidence that I have in, in us Africans as, as people to design and build a world-class financial center uh, similar or at par with what I have seen in countries like Luxembourg, Singapore, China, and you can name them. Um, because I do believe that in Africa, there is enough talent, as we have discussed just before, we have the relevant framework and infrastructure to understand better than anyone our own needs. So now, let me narrow this discussion a little bit on the East African region, because one could ask me why 
the choice of Africa has been into Rwanda. Rwanda first, as, as one of the country in Africa, uh, is part of the East Africa region. And East Africa today, it is the fastest growing region on the continent. Most countries in East Africa have an average GDP growth above 6%. Of course, those, those numbers are before COVID hits, but it gives you an idea and it is really a no-brainer why East, why East Africa was key in my choice of, um, of education into Africa. The irony here is the fact that when you look at financial centers and where they are actually uh, established on the continent, none is covering East Africa. So there is a lack of financial center to cater for the growth of the region. Now, the next question was, where would be the best host country? And from my own little research, Rwanda was top on the list. For reasons that neither of us can refute, it is simply a futuristic nation. The vision of the leadership is very clear and the execution cannot be disputed. So my excitement was to be back on the continent in a place where I was convinced that this project of an African financial center in line with global standards is possible. And today I'm proud and happy to see the, the achievement that we have already after those two years of development. And I know that more will come here into Rwanda. Thank you very much for that answer, Tudi. And you are indeed correct. It is good to see things already happening. You know, how much planning and effort has gone into this. The response to the announcements and even the projects that we're partnering on have been truly wonderful. And uh, and we hope to see a continued interest as this project develops further. Now, with that in mind, um, it is a, a responsibility of mine to flag that the, the, uh, the survey, which is going to play a key component in this next research report of ours, is still live and still open for responses. So we do encourage all of our listeners to follow the link in the podcast description and make sure that your voice is heard within this very important piece of research. Uh, I would like to thank you, 2D, for joining me today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Tom. And uh, if, if I may, uh, just as a last word, you know, the project, as I said, is very exciting to me. And what we want to achieve end of the day is to have Africa being recognized in the global map as a strong and reputable player in the financial field. And we are very optimistic that we will end of the day have this new financial center in Rwanda playing its role together with other financial centers on the continent to support the growth of Mother Africa. Thank you very much, Tom. 
Thank you, 2D. And as always, a very big thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, if you are new to the Africa Legal Podcast, be sure to peruse the entire back catalogue on your preferred podcast provider, some of these being SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And as always, don't forget to visit us at africalegal.com for all the news, views, and insights that improve your life as a modern African legal practitioner. So without further ado, this has been Tom Pearson for the Africa Legal Podcast.